Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Good morning, Houston. Hey, good morning, guys. Great to have you. We also have uh, Walt Coleman in studio. He's uh, you know he usually doesn't come on until after you, but he always enjoys showing up when uh, he can here in the studio to, to share time with you. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, I love it. I love it. Well, we got a lot, a lot to discuss. First, let's start with this before we get to what happened after the game. Uh, just the seven to three loss, the, the way it looked, the way it turned out. Your thoughts on the game? Well, I tell you, it's a beautiful day, and um, you know when the defense gets that interception, the, you know in the first, I don't know, first thirty seconds of the game, uh, boy, you can't, you can't order a better uh, start, uh, and that's where your your offense, boy, they've got to score right. There. Yep. Yep. And so you already take a little air out of there, but uh, you know even though even though you scored three points, okay, uh, but you know I don't know. You know to me it's just uh, that uh, that attitude at home because if you look at the Alabama effort, yeah, if you look at the LSU effort, that's the effort and more that you gotta have at home, and you have that home field advantage. Home field has got to be an advantage, and uh, beautiful day, beautiful crowd. And that that's what that well that's what hurts. That's what hurts. And uh you know, I don't know. It's just been something well, missing there on offense. Well, that's know? what I was, was going to say. The other part of that, Houston, you know, for even somebody who doesn't know anything about football watching that game, I got several texts from, from, from folks that just said, wow, this is an ugly game in the sense it's just, you know, you were getting two yards of pass completion and we kept throwing, you know, those little, you know, dumps out in the flat that would get two two yards or little, you know, off the line of scrimmage, uh, sideline routes that would get you four yards. It just looked back, can't run the ball. It was just an ugly game from an optic standpoint offensively for both teams, but especially for Arkansas right. coming back after playing well on the road. You're exactly right. It was, you know, it's hard to watch. You know, you hate to say it, it's just hard to watch. And the other thing too, David, and I, I'd be curious what Walt thinks. If you look at the really the SEC this year, I've really never seen them. I think it's pretty a, a down year overall when you really look at the conference as a whole. It's a down year. Uh, I, I look at quarterbacks on the the West Coast, the Pac-12. Then, you know, when you look at their offenses. Man, they're they're up and down the field, and they're they're exciting to watch. And it's amazing, Pac-12. Of course, they're tearing up their conference now. Of all years, they tear up their conference. But getting back to the SEC, I just think it's a it, it, you know you, there's not the two a tongue about lower the people. You know, you look at the athlete from top to bottom. I just you don't you don't see it. Well, you don't have the quarterbacks. <laughs> Yeah, this, this year. I yeah. mean, we all know how important, well, how important that quarterback yeah, but, is. But but let me say, we came into this year the two the, the two most hyped quarterbacks were Jaden Daniels at LSU, who was lighting it up, maybe Heisman level numbers, and then KJ. We expected KJ with an All American tailback to be better. And Houston, this is a horrible Mississippi State defense we played. Had ninety seven yards passing, uh, what one hundred and three yards rushing, four first downs in the first half. So obviously, it was so ugly. You lose this game at home you lost to BYU at home last year you lost to Liberty at home so obviously the the pressure was there to make a move and so obviously um, 
he uh, Coach Pittman gets rid of uh, Dan Enos. Your thoughts on that move and uh, the difficulty of doing that? We talked about it yesterday. It doesn't happen very often in the SEC. It's happened a few times over the years, but not very often around the country. But but in the SEC, normally when you hire your coordinators, they're they're usually top notch enough where they're going to get to the end of the season, even if they're not playing well. So the difficulty of making that decision, and do you think it was the proper one? Well, I tell you, Dave, that's a that's a hard hard thing. Now, when you go eight games, and then you tell your offensive coordinator, "Hey, goodbye," and it's uh, it's it's hard because now change is always hard for young people, but especially now when things aren't going good. And now you, what, what are you going to do? Because there's not a to me not a just a a lot you can change. I mean, you can you can try to change you know two or three things here or there, or maybe try to speed up you know. Tempo, that's what he's done before. But the main thing to me is now, <clears throat> this, is a, this is a tough field now because as you go in this stretch, there's pressure now to, as the noise gets louder, to perform. And now you go on the road the first time. So to me, it's got to be, hey, let's take our three best running plays. Let's just yeah. let's empty the playbook a little bit. And let's, let's be able to block any front here and be very physical, get a hat on a hat. And then to me, K.J. Jefferson – as you mentioned, David, experienced guy. Let's let's do what he does best. I think you've got to move that the launching point. You've got to move him a little bit with boots and waggle, spread out, mix it up. But I tell you one thing: coming to the sideline, what I've noticed, David, KJ mm-hmm. Jefferson, don't go step by yourself. Yeah, when yeah. You go to the sideline. I want you to go talk to the offensive lineman. I want you to go go talk to your receivers. I want you to go talk to your running backs. Hey, you are the leader. Yeah, you are the leader of our football team, and I want you to to be that leader. And to me, that's where it all starts. And and so you got an open date that helps to have more time. But now, don't you, I, I just don't know how much you're going to try to add at this point. To me, you got to button down, especially button down. Let's start with the illegal procedure. Let's start. With, we, <laughs> right. we got an advantage. Right. We can. We know when the snap count is when the ball is going to be hiked. Let's make sure we know that with noise and all those little things that don't beat yourself. Well, this was something I thought was interesting. Um, uh, by the way, Justin Moore joins us now. Good morning, J.M. How are you? Good morning, guys. Uh, you know, it's interesting, uh, Houston, I don't know if you had a chance to hear the press conference, but but Coach Pittman was talking about how, you know, they practice these all the things you're talking about, the, the, the bootlegs, the rollouts, sprintouts, whatever, to try to get him outside the, the pocket, moving that launch point, as you referenced. He said we would practice them in the in, in practice, but we wouldn't do it in the game. And he, he he said the other day, you know, had 29 dropbacks, and he says that's too many for our struggles on the offensive line. So I was going to ask you from an, an autonomy standpoint, is could, should Coach Pittman have got on the headset and say, just start saying, Dan, call a darn rollout, quit quit throwing those two yard routes that we keep getting nothing from? Should he interject it, or it, it, would it, it's better if that's his style to let the assistant do what? He does best, and then live with the the consequences of that. Well, you know, they about Coach Pittman, uh, just from outside looking in. You know, they worked together before. Yeah, that's right. And so, and he's the head, he's the head man, and there's there's nothing wrong when the head man says, "Hey, let's go, let's move him, and let's do some of these things that we did on Tuesday and Wednesday." And there's nothing wrong with him saying, "Hey, I, I got a suggestion." Yeah. Here. Since he's the head coach, he's got priority to do what he wants to do. And he can tell him. He can tell the OC at any time we're going to do something different, and we're going to do something we can do to try to move these chains and stay on the field. There's nothing wrong with that. I think another observation that he admitted, he walked out on the field the other day and said, "We look like we're dead." 
He said, "What's what's what is going on with us?" We, and you know, the defensive side of the ball, what Travis Williams has done, has injected energy and intensity, and you don't see it on the on the offensive side of the ball. Now, listen, when you can't block, when you're struggling up front, certainly you can rah rah all you want to. But I thought that was interesting too. You know, Dan Enos's personality is that way. He's not he's not a, a shouter. He's not a rah rah kind of guy. And then, as you mentioned, KJ is not either. So you have sort of an offensive unit that's not got a lot of juice to it. Not that that's the most important thing, but but Sam did bring that up as something that he noticed just the body language on the field. <laughs> that's a bad feeling. It's a bad feeling when you when you don't have that body language. Say it's homecoming. You're at home, uh, mama in the stands. <clears throat> brothers and sisters in the stands, and they come to see you play. And, you know, you want to make sure that your players understand that hey, these people come up here to come to see you. Your family has come to see you. And so we are going to play with a Razorback spirit, a fighting spirit, like, you know, the best we've ever played, especially today. And so that's a bad feeling when, when Coach Edmund sees that there's no – Energy or that body language coming out of coming out of the A, coming out of the tunnel at your home on homecoming. Uh, that's a that's a bad feeling, man. Hey, Houston, there's been conversation about that. Uh, you have to structure your offense to the talents and your abilities of your quarterback, and that the that the new offense it was put in, you know, wasn't set good for KJ. And and back when you were coaching, you had quarterbacks that had. Unbelievably different skill that with with Matt Jones and somebody. Clint, I mean, yeah. they were totally yeah, totally different. different. Did you structure your offense based on who your quarterback was? Absolutely, that's a good point. Because if you look real closely, Clint Sterner, uh, play action drop back. You could sprint him out, do different things with him, but he's more of a a, a, a pocket passer. Right, Matt Jones. You want him on the edge. His, his right. offense was a different. We fit. We fit that offense for Matt Jones, and uh, Matt, that meant six foot six, two thirty-seven, run four three-seven. Uh, you're going to run more, Matt. And yeah. so Clint, Clint wasn't doing that. And so Casey Dick had Darren McFadden and Felix and Peyton. So you're going to get the ball to play. And that's the other thing too, uh, Walt. Is you bring up a good point. Is you to me that offense has to fit that quarterback. You fit it to what they do best, and then get it to your playmakers. And that to me ought to be the first discussion. I, right, well, what's the what's the three running plays we're going to run? We're going to what's the three four protections we're going to do? And who's our playmaker? Who are we going to get the ball to? And yeah. who's going to make a play? Who's going to make somebody miss? Who's going to make it happen for us? And we're going to do it over and over and over again. And we're going to put points on the board, especially like David said, when you're going against a defense that's giving up, I don't know, twenty five thirty points a game, and on homecoming you get three. It just it can't happen. Yeah, I, I remember us going back. Remember, the, if you go back, we, we were trying to – the word was KJ was shopping around, which, you know, that's the way it works in, in you know, the the transfer portal in IL. And so they got him back. They You know, we got him the money that he wanted. And then you, you hired Enos, and I think the conversation was, he's going to help you at the next, get to the next level. So, so buy into it? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So buy into it. So this is going to be the thing. And, and probably thinking not, you know, after, after three years of, of, of a perfect fit with Kendall Bryles, you've got an offense maybe maybe not the best for for this offensive line, maybe not, the, but but we were going to do that because we said that it would be beneficial for his last year here before he goes to the pros. And we saw very quickly that, you know, you guys remember the first couple games where he didn't run hardly at all, and we were really struggling. And we all said, if he doesn't start running the ball, 
we're not going to win a game. And so, you know, so they shifted that a little bit where, they, where he did run the ball a little bit more. Yeah, and seeing Kent State and seeing that they've only won one ball game, yeah. I mean, that uh, uh, that win is... Well, you know, Kenny Guyton will come in. I, I think, Houston, they will have some, some more juice. I, I just think anything different. They've been so stagnant and, and not creative. That's one of the most uncreative, non-creative, rather, games I've ever seen from a play-calling situation. Even, it's like, man, if we keep throwing these same five-yard routes and getting three yards out of it, I'm going to... My head's going to explode. But so. is, wasn't he the receivers coach? Yeah, he was. Okay, yeah. what? And then we have receivers running around on top of each yeah, other. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Who's, who's, well, whose fault is that? And some of it is scheming in your routes, Houston. We, we haven't mean, done a great job of scheming receivers I mean, open better than we have. Two receivers that can be covered by one defensive guy. Right, right. That, that's not good. I, and I think also, too, I think once a quarter, you've you got you to gotta throw it deep. Yeah, we, yep, tell them yep. You know, because even, you know, well, we might get a penalty. We might get a, you know, sure. 50-50. Once you get a defensive hold, we may change, the, you know, the uh, end of the field by, by throwing it deep. And it also sends a message, hey, you better back up. And so I think the threat of, of, of something. You know, I deep ball, well, we I we threw a deep last, last year. Yeah. yeah. And that's one of his, to me, it's one of his best balls. No, I I think you're right, and uh, you know he didn't have a good game. He didn't have a good game. He missed open receivers. You know, he there were some that were open. He didn't see, and then when he did throw it, it was it was it was low or high or whatever. So he he had a bad game. So I think we have nowhere to go. But, yeah, thanks for interrupting. And the other thing is now, when you get stacked like that, yeah, all of a sudden your eyes sure starts instead of looking downfield, he starts looking at the rush. That, no, no question. I yeah, I think that's fair. You start. You get hit so many times, and that's why, you, to me, you, you got to speed things up. And there's nothing wrong with maxing it up sometimes. Hey, we're going to throw it you bet. right here. You bet. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, there's been you know, not only the offensive line, the tight ends, the running backs, all of them can can jump in and say they've they've been not played as well as they need to play to be effective. Right. Do want to thank Reed's Metals for sponsoring um, Houston each week. Pole bars, metal roofing, they can handle it all. 501-77-METAL or online at reedsmetals.com. I want to ask you real quick, too, before we let you go, the Michigan controversy. Uh, what's your thought on, you know, if it's true that they had a staffer that was going to other games and having their phone out videotaping that? Uh, they're 33-3, and supposedly, since they started doing that, the record. And uh, what, what's your take on the cheating aspect of it? I want to go back, you know, when I was a grad assistant for Jimmy Johnson, that was my job was to go scout. As they played the game at home, I'd go scout the next opponent. And, and he would always say, hey, look, Let's let's get substitutions. Let's let's know who's who's the nickel back down, but also look for signals and to see if you can kind of get a read on their signals. So I always did that. Now, if if Jim Harbaugh is flying somebody to a game to go film, it, it, you know it's not right and it's against the rule. And I think that rule stopped. And I think in what Walt ninety four or ninety three, ninety four, ninety five, that rule it was put up for a reason. Uh, you don't do that anymore. And so you notice on the sideline, people have all these blankets and all these obstructions, so you don't see their signals. Right. You can get you can get an advantage if you know what's happening. Hey, a draws coming, or if you know a defense. Hey, they're 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 bringing it. They're blitzing. If you get a signal, it can be an advantage if you can get that relay. I think it's wrong though if you're breaking the rule by spinning somebody when the rules clearly state you can't do it. You, you can't you can't go and fly somebody to a game and film their signals. You know, you just it's it's a uh, illegal advantage um 
But I also will say this now. They didn't worry about Michigan first couple of years. <laughs> All of a sudden, now they're winning. You yeah. look at their offensive line, you look at their playmakers. This looks like a for real team. Now everybody's kind of uh, making sure they're, they're playing by the rules. You still have to have the players, don't you, Houston? Got to have them. Well, Got to have and, them. And Roger and I heard uh, – Deion Sanders make the comment, you know, it's different than baseball. I said, if you know a curveball's coming, that can really help you because it's difficult to hit a curveball. He said, if you know the sweep's coming, <laughs> you still got to stop it. It doesn't matter. He talked about it. He said, he said, Emmett Smith, we knew they were going to give it to him when he said we played for the 49ers. He knew that Emmett was going to run sweeps. He knew that uh, Aikman was going to throw the ball to Michael Irvin on a comeback route every time. <laughs> well, and, uh, you, you think they don't know they're going to throw the ball to Kelsey? The yeah, Mahomes yeah, will throw yeah, it to Kelsey? Yeah, you still got to stop I, it. I mean, you still have to. Well, yeah. Coach said it as well one last time. Uh, was that when you got a Darren McFadden, you feed the ball to Darren McFadden. Yeah. Teams knew that. You still had to try to stop him. Yeah. 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 You know, the, the, back back to the the, the, the uh, guys that you can play makers. You know, we've been talking about Satane. You're getting him involved. And, you know, it, it, I think all of us do. You know, they've got the same plays. They've got that jet sweep in there for him and that outside screen is – you know, you just saw two weeks ago, he had great hands on that slant for the touchdown. It was a tough ball to catch. He caught it. Get it, get him get him in the middle of the field. Get it, and we weren't prepared for the we weren't prepared for the blitz, you know, Houston inside or outside. We didn't have a you know, you know, just somebody can just drop off and dump it to him, you know, because they and then of course you know we just were overwhelmed at the offensive line too. That's that's part of the issue. But uh, anyway, yeah, I think that that was a it's a difficult move to do, Houston, but there's so much pressure at this point. You know, something had to be done, and um, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think the offensive performance will be any less. I, I really think it, no matter what they do, it is going to be better. I think from a, you know, from an energy standpoint. Uh, but I like what you said about KJ. I think that's a good idea. KJ, that's not been his style. He usually goes and sits down, and you'd like somebody yeah. on that team on that offensive side of the ball. At least it may, maybe get into their, get in their grill uh, or praise one of the two. Yeah. Matt, the Matt Jones never did that. Yeah, but you you know yeah you know, well also he Matt, was like he was asleep he didn't have like to he, he just got there running a seventy five yard touchdown run. <laughs> but here's the thing now on that walk he made a lot of plays. Oh my amen. When, when you make a lot of plays, you know he could probably get by with it because a lot of the, his teammates would come to him. Yeah, and so. There, there was a pretty good relationship there, but you're right. Now, he'd be resting for the next play, and uh, you think he can't go, but I promise you, uh, they, they take a bad ankle, they're going to be chasing him. Yeah. And, and you know you know, KJ's got to be frustrated. You saw the expression on his face. He's been sacked 20, 30, yeah. 30 times this year, and you're going back, and the running back doesn't pick up the blitz, and he's in his face, and so it's not like it's been the last couple of years for him. So I'm sure he's frustrated, and, and they all are. But um, we'll say you got four games to go. Got a, you got a week open. To, you know, one good thing about it, you you got two. Two weeks to, to, to do any tweaks that you want to do, so it's better than just having three or four days, you know? This, this helps. This helps. you got an open date. Zero in on a good game plan. Let's, let's, let's get enthusiastic about it and go down there and get them. Because, again, you know, Florida just doesn't scare you to death. Hey, they're up and down. they got problems, yep. too. Yep. So, you know, I want I, I to go with what my mother would tell me on my darkest day. Uh, when you're not feeling good and it's really bad, she said, my son, this too shall pass. <laughs> and now there's some days, some days I think, Mom, are you sure? <laughs> are you sure? Because I'm not thin. Like <laughs> you know, the, the walls can get real, you know, tight. But it's like you said, guys, it's, um, uh, you know, he had, he had to do something. And I hate to see it. I hate to see any coach lose their job because I know how that feels. 
And um, and now, though, you have two weeks. Hey, get the best plan you can get. Let's get a little simpler, but yet do some things, like you said, that's just not a five-yard little flat, and find your two best running plays and get physical. Well, Coach, if you could say something to fans, because we are a fickled bunch. And we expect more out of our team. I don't think we're any different than anybody else. But to tell the fans, don't be so quick to fire the coach. What do you what do you say to us about that? I mean, because of you know what the future may hold. Well, the reality is, uh, there's going to be a lot of opinions right now, and because you're saying, you know, they're frustrated and they want to win. And it's easy, it's easy to to say, hey, look how much money that I spent for my family to come up there, to park, to get a Coca-Cola, and watch this. you got to, you know, as, as, as players, you got to give more effort. I, I would pull on the players to give more effort. But to the fans, I'd say, hey, look, we don't have an NFL team. we got the Arkansas Razorbacks. This is, this is your team. And I know it's not going right right now. But, hey. Just hang in there. We're going to try to give you a whole much better plan. We're going to try to give you a much better effort. Come on. Come on, call these halls, and let's go. There you go. Right. Uh, Houston, thanks as always, buddy. Good thanks, stuff. Coach. Have a good one, man. Hey, y'all have a good one. Take go, care, guys. Go Hawks. All right. Houston, not. <laughs>